Welcome to year two of the Waiver Wired podcast. That's right. We are back for an encore season. If you missed us last year, don't worry. You can join us this year. We're going to have just as much fun. I'm your host, Jen Piacenti, and we're going to be talking a lot about everybody's favorite hobby, fantasy football. It's going to be an awesome season. We already got started off great in week one. Now I'm going to have a rotating series of guests, but my main co-host for this podcast is going to be none other than the guy sitting here right in this extra points hat next to me, Eddie Murphy. Now, Eddie, before we get started, I feel like I need to know you better and the audience needs to know you better. So we're going to have a little get to know you. And, And my first question is, what the heck do we call you? Eddie, Eddie Murphy, Eddie Spaghetti, Spaghetti. Like I've got a lot that, of that is a great question. So it's a great question. Um, so the 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 nickname Spaghetti that came mm-hmm. from our, our pal Dave Damashek because I showed up one day <laughs> to to start working at the NFL Network and you come in with a name like Eddie Murphy, my full name Edward Murphy. So he's like, Well, there's already an Eddie Murphy, and Dave was like prone to giving really? everyone in the office nicknames. So there's a bunch of people, you know, our friend, we have a friend, Emma VP and our other friend, Arjuna, he was June bug. So everyone got these nicknames and, uh, and I ended up with Eddie Spaghetti. That kind of stuck where I would just like call Spaghetti. It was just, you know, what's up Spaghetti? Like I lost, you know, there was no more Eddie Murphy jokes. There was no more raw, delirious, like, you know, Dr. Doolittle, there was, that's gone. It's just now full blown Spaghetti. And I've carried that. I kind of leaned into it. So that's what people kind of know me as now. So we just call you, so we can just call you spaghetti. It's just spaghetti. That's I mean, all, I yeah. feel That's like, I, I don't know. I might feel conflicted about that because I'm Piacenti. So I want to be the Italian right. here. And then you're spaghetti. I don't I'm, know. I'm not even Italian. I'm an Irish guy. I, I mean, I will totally <laughs> give up the Italian card to you. I don't want to uh, infringe, but yeah, now I'm, I'm known as spaghetti. Now I work with a meatball. So it's just like, it's this whole thing. <laughs> I want to legally change my name. So. All right. All right. And so spaghetti it is. So it'll be Jen Piacenti and spaghetti, which kind of sounds like a date on Friday night, maybe what I do on a Friday night. Oh God, too much about my personal life and how pathetic it is. (laughs) Um, All right. So we're going to ask a few more questions to kind of get to know spaghetti here. All right, Eddie. So Eddie spaghetti, where do you live? Spaghetti, which side of the country are you on? I am in Los Angeles. Uh, okay. I'm in Marina Del Rey, to be exact. And uh, I mean, you don't have to be too specific because I don't want the stalkers going to find you if you know you tell them to pick up somebody on the waiver wire and it doesn't work out. Well, if I have stalkers, that'd be news to me. But I am. <laughs> I used to live in the WeHo Hollywood area. I moved over right. to the Marina Del Rey. And, you know, I want to be close to the water. I like being near mm-hmm. the beach. Uh, so I'm close to the water now and people who do watch our videos on minus three and, and extra points against a lot, they've, you know, they've seen my backgrounds before I'm that there's construction going on. My air conditioning's broke, uh, in my apartment. So we're, they're getting that fixed. I'm like now in a corner, just trying to find some good, you know, natural light here. So I, that's where I currently am. I'm physically in a corner in my apartment in Marina Del Rey, California. I moved here to the Los Angeles area in 2016 from New York. So I was a New Yorker my entire life. So we have a lot in common then because I moved to Los Angeles somewhere around 2019, uh, 2018 or 2019, somewhere around there. And I was in New York for, I'm not going to say how many years, but a really long time, definitely made it to official New Yorker status. So, all right, good. So we have that in common. That's cool. All right. I need to know what's your favorite game time food? Like if you're watching the game, what are you snacking on? Wow. That is a great question. Um, 
growing up, my mom used to make this like chili dip thing where it was just, it was like chili cheese, um, like cream cheese. And then you just dip whatever you wanted to. That was, that was it. Obviously not the healthiest, but you know, when you're watching a game, you know, not caring about your yes. health that much. Yes. Uh, I'm a big wing guy, like Buffalo chicken dip. I feel like Buffalo chicken dip is the answer mm. everyone gives. You know, like Super Bowl parties, it's like that's a go-to. I'm fine with that. Like I'm weirdo, and, and you know what? The, the weird thing, the disadvantage, I guess, to us West Coasters for you know the one o'clock kickoffs, it's a 10 a.m. kickoff, so it's like it's I'm not really brunch, ready. Baby. Drunk brunch. Well, that's exactly right. It's like I'm not yeah. ready to jump in full fledged into like the uh, the the buffalo chicken cheese dip at 10 a.m. I'm like still eating a banana and having a coffee or something. So I'm still- well, Okay, wait, okay, stop. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. You got to stop right now. Okay, so anybody who knows me, anybody who follows my Twitter knows that in the last 60 seconds, Eddie has personally assaulted two of my very strong food opinions. And I don't think he even realizes it. So I think we're already set up for a little bit of a headbutting here. First of all, Uh-oh. not a fan of the chicken wings. I know this is an unpopular opinion, but I got to tell you like, gnawing food off a tiny greasy bone it's not like not that exciting I, I don't get it i don't get why people love it. i know it's about the sauce all that so and that's fine you're a dude so you should you should like that but as a lady ish whatever um not so much on the buff buffalo wings but here's the real thing eddie i have a very strong opinion about one specific fruit the banana I don't like, I don't like this flow on the side about bananas. Like why, when I go to the smoothie store, does every smoothie have to have banana? And then when you ask them to please make it without banana, they act like they didn't hear you. What do you mean? So you you don't want banana? Like what? Well, who doesn't like banana? I, me, I do not like bananas. So, you know, as long as on this podcast, you're not feeding me, you know, chicken wings and bananas, we're probably going to be fine, but it's good to know that you are pro banana right off the start. Well, what's really funny about it is that I'm pretty sure that I'm allergic to bananas because <laughs> if I eat a banana, it, it tickles my throat. I, really? I, some fruits do you that. Sugar. It's a slight allergy. So it's a thing where one day it may actually kill me, where the food allergy does get to me. I think yeah. every day and that's pretty minor. And it's like a weird thing where if I have like a sip of water or something, it goes away immediately. So one, day, one of these days a banana may end my life. But until then, I, I do eat them pretty much daily. It's not worth it. I'm telling you, Just put them down. And and for the love of God, why do people put bananas on their ice cream? Ice cream is a perfectly delicious thing. Why are you ruining it with fruit? I don't get it. The banana split. No, you're not going to convince me. I know you're all going to tell me I need to eat more banana bread, but no, anti-banana. So now we know your stance on bananas. You like them, even though they're going to kill you. So I'm right. assuming you're also a New York Giants fan. I am a New York Giants fan. Yeah, yeah that, that, that goes with I eat fruit that's going to kill me. I have a team that might kill me too. It's been it's yeah. been such like we had a, a, a disastrous minus three yesterday going over the Giants. Uh, and I was pretty you know bullish on them. I thought they're going to have a great season. Uh, uh, great's a strong word. A good season. I thought I liked the improvements. I thought year two of the same coaching staff. And it's like so basically what I'm saying is I don't know why I root for the Giants because they just bring me misery. <laughs> I waste my Sundays now watching them, screaming at the TV about them. I'm wasting money now because as a, uh, an Angelino, you got to get the Sunday ticket because, you know, no offense to the mm-hmm. Rams and Chargers here, but I want to watch my team. And uh, that's a waste of money. That's money down the drain. And they're just, um, you know, they, they, they give me false hope and it's very frustrating. And uh, I don't know how much more I can take. I'm so sorry. You know, my co-host for last season, who I'm sure will be dropping in from time to time. Um, he was also a Giants fan. 
So, you know, Jerry and I had a few head to head, you know, about, about giants. And I, I mean, I'm just surprised that you're still around because, you know, I think that you should be rooting for the team that cousin Sal roots for. I mean, the best team oh, america's team no there's, there's too many cowboys fans <laughs> at the extra points network and the, the thing that stinks is i was like the, that first game of the year i was like really hoping for a stinker from them and mm-hmm. there were some flaws in the dallas cowboys team but they, they look, look pretty, pretty good. good dak looked really good like yeah the defense was kind of lost and yeah zeke wasn't really zeke or you know maybe zeke is his great the zeke that we know maybe finished who knows but dak is going to throw for like four touchdowns every game it seems like and they played a really good game versus the the champs yeah. so it's like this this nfc East is it's going to the the team with the star in their element yeah well i can't i can't argue with you there but uh fingers crossed i don't want to jinx anything all right where was your last vacation eddie i need to know i mean i know you're a beach guy so i like that about you because i'm a beach girl obviously uh so where was your last vacation oh man the last vacation um i haven't really done a full week long like beach resort thing in a while actually the last place i went to for my birthday back in may was northern arizona we did a thing uh near like sedona there's a it's it's actually people don't know this but like a bit of wine country up there Mm -hmm. Uh, arizona they could you can grow grapes and uh, they saw me. I'm, I'm a big fan of the band Tool and their lead singer Maynard. He does a whole winery vineyard like tasting room over there, and we had a great time. And then the best part was we went to Sedona one of the days, and we did a ATV tour through the Red Rocks. And I love it up there. It's peaceful. I'd love to go back. I probably am going back at some point next year. Also got a chance to stop by Pizza Bianco uh, in Phoenix, which is good before we flew out. And what, what an amazing restaurant that is. And um, so that, that was probably a, a vacation. It was a good one, too, because now I know I do want to go back. Like once I go to a place, I like it. It's like I just repeat because uh, I go to what I'm used to. I like that. I mean, I like to go back to what I've done before. I'm just retweeting our podcast here so that we can get some folks in the room. Guys, if you're out there watching this podcast, we are taking questions. We are going to get to fantasy um, and we're going to talk about some waiver wire picks. What's up with Elijah Mitchell, et cetera. But my last question for Eddie is because this show may turn into a little bit of, I don't know, therapy, if you will. We might bemoan our teams a little bit we might get excited about our teams um and we're going to help all of you guys get through all of your dilemmas through the week uh so please write us your questions whether they're live right now or you can always comment on our tweets when we the day of and we'll get to your questions as much as possible and then of course you'll be able to listen to this later in podcast form even if you can't tune in for the live show but i need to know eddie what's your favorite way to draft so I've only done drafts uh, one way, which is the the snake draft way. I've never mm-hmm. gotten to the auction way yet. And I, I don't know why, because I, not that I'm a fantasy expert, but I have played fantasy for seemingly my entire life. I'm 29 years old and I've been in a league with my best friends for probably like 15 years now. Love and, that. Uh, it's as hardcore as it gets. And I, I love joining like work leagues or, you know, I've done public leagues in the, in the past but it's always been the snake draft and I'm told that's the you know way of the past. And I get that. I'm totally aware, but uh, we still have a fun time doing our snake draft and it's, I'm the commissioner, but I'm out on the West coast. A lot of my friends are East coast. So we're doing like the zoom drafts and uh, you know, we've done things before running out restaurants and, and whatever, and getting the big old draft board there to, to draft in person, put the stickers on the board. That's a lot of fun. So I, I like that aspect of it. So we'll probably at least that league, my main league, I'll stick with the snake draft, but I think uh, I will, love to try out an auction draft uh, sooner rather than later. I think next year uh, we need to have an auction draft for the extra points 
club. Oh, fantastic and, uh, idea. I think it's yeah. going to be amazing. And we need to try yeah. to do it in person if we can. Um, forget the Zoom stuff. I'm done. Like, oh, I'm, I want to hug people. That. I don't even like to hug. Yeah. Like I'm totally not a hugger, but I'm willing to hug. And in fact, it was so nice to finally meet a few of you guys. We got to have a, a short trip to Las Vegas to celebrate Sal's 50th, which was amazing. And it was so cool mm-hmm. to hang out with all you guys in person and just put faces to names. And I really hope we get to do that again soon because uh, it's actually in real life a really fun, cool group of people. You guys are pretty much right. like you appeared on Zoom, which was Impressive. We got we got very lucky, Jen, that we have coworkers who are normal, good people. Uh, it wasn't a thing where we were doing the, the remote like yeah. hangouts and then in person is like, oh, like, like, oh, here, like oh. what I get into. Yeah, yeah we're, we're very lucky. I like we went back to the room and I was like, thank <laughs> like that. That is that is his best. Dave like, was taller than I expected do. him to be. I have to say Dave was kind of Dave's tall. Check. Yeah. Oh, I mean, uh, or maybe I'm just. He likes extra to act short. like he's taller, but he. Uh, he I mean, uh, he's he's shorter than me, so he's short. Is he? Well, how tall are you? You were tall too. I'm like I'm I'm like six two. Dave is well under six foot. Well, so, so he'll I. hear this, but it's fine. That's all right. I'm sure he loves being called tall and we'll all get out of this. Okay. Um, yes. All right. So let's hit the biggest news of the week. Uh, of course, we all now know, unfortunately, Raheem Mostert is out for the season. He's elected to have season ending knee surgery. Um, really disappointing for those who drafted Raheem Mostert. Unfortunately, Raheem Mostert has had trouble staying on the field a few years in a row, but when he plays, he's just really, really, really good. So it's kind of heartbreaking, but you are probably a little bit prepared for it. We also know that the way that Kyle Shanahan uses a backfield is often a plug and play kind of, you know, running back committee room. So the biggest waiver call for the week is probably Elijah Mitchell, who, you know, had 19 touches, 104 yards, a score after Mostert left the game. So I'm sure a lot of people have put down money or will be putting down money on the waiver wire for Elijah Mitchell. But I do want to put one word of caution out there, and that is... Kyle Shanahan hates your fantasy team. Whatever you think he should do, he's probably just not going to do it just to like irritate you. Like the same way he didn't start Brandon Ayuk, even though the guy balled out his freshman year, right? And and maybe, I don't know. We don't know. But all these guys that Shanahan trades up for, he then somehow like pushes them around and pushes them down. Where's Trey Sermon? He was a healthy late scratch after they traded up for him. Like, what the hell is going on with Kyle Shanahan? Um, so my advice for the waiver wire, if anybody's listening, uh, is go ahead. If you, if your waivers haven't run, I know a lot of waivers have run, go ahead and put in a little bit of money on Elijah Mitchell, but don't blow the bank unless you're really at a loss. If you lost Raheem Mostert, if you lost Gus Edwards at all, all the or all the Ravens running backs so you didn't get, you know, Wilson, Williams, or um, whoever, Latavius Murray, then maybe you do want to go ahead and put a little bit more on Eli Mitchell. But know that even though Jermichael Hasty had one touch on Sunday, he could end up with like all the touches next week or Trey Sermon could just appear out of nowhere or Jeff Wilson Jr. could just be back in six weeks and everything's gone. So uh, what did you, did you have this issue? Did oh you man, have oh, did, I have, did I have this issue? Yeah, I did. And a quick little breaking news on this topic. Uh, Adam Schefter reporting that the 49ers have now claimed Trenton Cannon from uh, waivers from the Baltimore Ravens. So another running back oh my God. now in the backfield with them. And, and then don't forget about Carry on Johnson. They signed Carry on Johnson in yeah. the practice squad too. So it's a mess. It, it's the the issue is that, and you mentioned this. It's like don't trust Shanahan. It's the Shanahanigans, as everyone likes to say. It's he's, mm-hmm. but they're uh, the 49ers are a team 
with their blocking scheme, it doesn't matter. Me or you could be running back to their team right. and we would somehow find our way awesome. to close to 100 yards. Yep. So it's like they don't care about who the guy is. They don't care whose number is in the backfield. Now, right. me being a, a person who's a fan of college football and a fan of fantasy football, and obviously you see someone like Trey Sermon playing in college, and, you know, Ohio City was great. And I'm like, cool. I want to get him. I definitely want to get a rookie running back somewhere in the mid rounds of my drafts. And I was looking at Javante Williams and Trey Sermon. Unfortunately, my draft Javante Williams went before him. So I kind of reached uh, Mm -hmm. and I took Trey Sermon. I'm like, this is going to be great. And then, like you said, there's a late scratch, uh, healthy and active right before the game. When you thought like he had the chance to be the guy, obviously we knew Mostert was there. But you figured Sermon would get his fair share of touches. Sure. And now week two, after the, you know the injury, you're thinking, okay, well, None this has it. to be Sermon's time. And it's like, well, we're still not sure we're going to we're going to use a practice squad guy from a different roster. It makes no sense, and it's it just like I don't get the point of drafting Fortnite's running back. And then you mentioned Ayuk too, and there were some reports saying that he wasn't like uh, mentally That's prepared for these. And yeah. it's just like he was supposed to be – he had a good stretch last year. I liked him a lot in drafts. I didn't get a chance to get him in my league. But he – now, like, the, their number one guy potentially, they're now saying questions about him. Shannon has to report on that and give an answer and saying, like, no, 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 I like Brandon. Like, he's going to be a part of the offense. Stay away. My, I mean, besides, like, Kittle, right? Like, just stay – I mean, pretty much stay away because I don't really trust anything that's going on with, with Shannon. Yeah, it it is tricky. I mean, I do think Debo Samuel will probably continue to ball out based on where you drafted him because he wasn't going very high. Yeah, totally. Yeah, no Ayuk in the mix. It's like it's just there's two receiving targets. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's crazy over there for San Francisco. and, And, you know, they got a little bit of egg on their face because they nearly didn't even cover that Detroit game. And that was just pathetic. Um, I happen to have oh, wow, finish. Yeah. Oh, what a crazy finish. Um, I happen to have both Detroit running backs in different places and they were phenomenal for me on Sunday. Thank you very much. DeAndre Swift and uh, Jamal Williams. I mean, Jamal Williams. Um, that was fantastic. Um, so did you lose Jerry Judy by any chance anywhere? I am lucky that I was playing Jerry Judy. So I got a, a week oh. one win. Want to know, uh, I was nervous going into this matchup, but I was versing a good team. And then I got kind of lucky that the two big things were one, the Jerry Judy injury. And then uh, the, the the player I was going against had uh, Aaron Rodgers. So Aaron Rodgers oh, wow. obviously had a, had a stinker. Yeah. And I we definitely should get later on the show, get into this, this Green Bay offense because I'm For scared sure. about them. But but Jerry Judy, the, the thing that shocked me and uh, watching that game from a, a fan standpoint of the Giants, it's like I did not expect Teddy Two Gloves to come in there and create any sort of opportunity for the Broncos receivers. And they have a couple of mouths to feed where if you're a lot of guys are, you know, people are drafting Noah Fant or and then and just Cortland Sutton coming off an injury, Jerry Judy, and the, the two-headed monster in the backfield. And I, like I said before, I kind of like Javante Williams coming this year. Melvin Gordon, to me, it's just like he's always kind of banged up, hasn't really stole the job, hasn't been the same in a few seasons. I'm like, Javante Williams is going to be a home run for whoever yeah. gets him. And, uh, and, and then, like, then it's Melvin Gordon. Who Melvin Gordon breaks up a 70-yard run for a touchdown. Yeah. So wrong about that. And then Jerry Maybe Judy that was just a bad day versus – a good day versus the Giants. Like, oh, I, sorry. Yeah, that didn't I mean, that's, that's, I'm sorry. That's, that's, no. It, it, hey, it's – it's look, I – at this point, I, I – I, any criticism towards that team, no. I'm no longer going to defend. Like, they're they're past that. But uh, back to, to Judy, it's like he's a guy that looked – like Teddy was spreading the ball out pretty well, yeah. but it looked like Judy still could have been – 
the, the guy and could have had a bigger game. If it wasn't for the injury. So that stinks. Uh, I know that now they said that he's going to be out for a pretty lengthy portion. So that's, that's somebody who a lot of fantasy owners are, are really investing in. And now you're going to lose a top receiver uh, yeah. for quite some time. But, but the bright side is, I guess if he does come back healthy, I guess Bridgewater is a better quarterback than a lot of people thought. Absolutely. And we'll be able to get oh. the to his receivers. So that's a good thing. Bridgewater totally underrated after his season last year in Carolina, 69.1% completion rate, 3,733 yards. And he looked really sharp on Sunday. He completed 77.8% of his passes for 264 yards and two touchdowns. So, and if KJ Hamler hadn't dropped a 56 yard bomb in the end zone, those numbers would look even better. So uh, yeah, I think Teddy is going to be useful in super flex leagues. Like it's your second quarterback or, you know, or your bye week. So I kind of like, like Teddy two gloves. Um, As far as if you did lose Jerry Judy out there, there are a lot of wide receivers I like this week for the wire. If your wire hasn't run Um, certainly on the same team, KJ Hamler, someone with a high ceiling. Uh, He had four targets in the game, but Tim Patrick uh, also had four targets in the game. He found the end zone. He was perfect four for four. And last year he had zero drops on 79 targets. So basically you can get the guy with that, like washes his hands in butter, or you can get the guy that washes his hands in super glue. Uh, so I'm kind of leaning more towards Tim Patrick here. Um, even though Hamler has the ceiling, if I want a replacement for Jerry Judy, which is a somewhat, you know, good floor, then I feel like Patrick is the way to go. Or to pivot to a, maybe a Christian Kirk or a Nelson Aguilar or even a Brian Edwards, uh, which is pretty available out yeah. there on the waiver yeah. wire. We saw Derek Carr go to him uh, in the late moments of that game. He was really, really productive. So, yeah, I'm glad you didn't lose Judy. I didn't lose Judy. Um, I didn't lose Mostert. So far, I've been lucky. But let's talk about OBJ. Mm. OBJ. Already scratched for this week. Now, it's probably not a huge shock to everyone. I think, you know, we knew he was questionable for week one. But the fact that he's already scratched early, a little more concerning. I have him in only one league, and it is my salary cap slash auction league, whatever we're calling it these days. Um, Got him for $15 salary, which is pretty reasonable for what his possibilities are. But the more games he misses, the more that feels like a waste. So I'm hopeful OBJ will be back soon. Um, I've never liked OBJ, but I just felt like the value was too good in that position um, because I think Baker has gotten better. I think the Browns have gotten better. I think they need to use more of the air attack uh, to be even more balanced team. And I think they can do that. Uh, But I'm guessing for this week, Jarvis Landry is going to be a really good play in his absence again. I don't know why they don't use Kareem Hunt more um, in these situations with no OBJ, but I'm sure they will. Uh, do you have any OBJ? What do you, what, how do you feel about him? Oh, man. Yeah. And, and you said you took the words out of my mouth, Jen. You said like the only why you would the only way you would take OBJ is for the value. And right. I was in a draft and he was there and he could have yeah. uh, was my wide receiver three. I'm like, well, this is a no brainer. He's the number one receiver. He's a standard receiver for the Browns. I don't really I wasn't really in love with their receiving core to begin with. Like Landry is a two is fine. But then it's like Higgins, Peoples Jones after that nothing I'm in love with. So I'm like, well, I feel like Odell, if the Browns are going to be as good as people are saying this year, Odell needs to be good. And I'm like, his floor, I'm like, should be somewhere in the 70 catch range. If he's a true number one uh, receiver, that's his floor. And if Baker sets up to the game, then, uh, you know, obviously people are going to be focused on their running attack with, with hunt and Chubb. I just figured Odell would have a good season. And then, like you said, he starts off questionable, misses week one. Now he's already rolled out for week two. In my mind, I'm thinking, well, I don't feel good about week three now. So they're going to, he's going to miss all of September. Uh, so if you're a person that 
you know, drafted him, I'm thinking you definitely have a, at least one better receiver. I think going with Odell as your so. number two is probably a little, you know, unless you have like the world's best running backs and the best flex position. But besides that, it's like, I, I don't know why you're, he's your wide receiver too. So I'm okay that he's my three. I wish he comes back soon. I, I did have a high ups for him. Maybe it's the Giants bias in my head, but uh, in terms of replacements too on that roster, I mean, I did pick up Peoples Jones in hopes that mm-hmm. maybe he would kind of become that I, I took a gamble on him over, over Higgins, but it's not gonna be the same effect having Odell. You know, the, the one thing about Odell and we haven't maybe seen this in a few seasons is that he does have the explosiveness that a guy like Landry or people's Jones or Higgins on the Browns don't have. He could take a quick slant to the house. And that's why you kind of draft Odell Beckham is because you hoping for more touchdowns. So uh, it, it stinks to lose that factor. Cause I could see him having some big games, but look, if it takes him a couple extra weeks to get healthy, he's going to be great the rest of the stretch, then then so be it. I'm, I'm cool with that. Yeah, I'm glad they just told us ahead of time so I could start making plans. Uh, luckily, right. as you said, I have plenty of backups in all those leagues. But yeah, it, it, I sure would like to see OBJ healthy and see what he looks like. Did you have any Ryan Fitzpatrick? No, I did not have any Ryan Fitzpatrick, but I did see the effects of him, you know, leaving the game because people have Antonio Gibson, people have uh, a lot of shares of well, Kurt, you know, Curtis Samuel then gets injured, and then obviously mm-hmm. Terry McLaurin, Scary Terry, Logan Thomas. So that I think this is a huge domino effect for uh, WFT offense. You know, the defense gets more credit for being the, right. the better part of the team, but there's a lot of good fantasy options on their offense. So now without Fitzpatrick, do you trust Heineke? They're going to get a replacement. They're already saying no replacement. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not a huge Fitz magic lover, but yeah. I feel like those, the fantasy value may kind of hurt uh, everyone else in that roster yeah. because of, of his absence. I think maybe except for Antonio Gibson, I think it's actually probably better for Antonio Gibson um, who saw like 23 touches last week, even though he didn't have a huge fantasy day. I think he'll have a good yeah. day versus yeah. giants. Um, I I'm curious about McLaurin as well. You know, we didn't get going till the second half, but like he has an elite skill set. We just haven't seen a lot of Taylor Heineke and McLaurin together. So I'm hopeful he'll still be fine. Um, the person I'm most interested in now due to this is actually, Actually, Logan Thomas. Logan Thomas played 55 snaps, which was 100% of the offensive snaps on Sunday. And um, he lined up at wide receiver for 32 of those. And anytime there's kind of an inexperienced quarterback, I like to use their tight end if it's a talented tight end like Logan Thomas. And the way they're using Logan Thomas, I, I really feel like this gives a bit of a bump to Logan Thomas. And certainly for this Thursday night's game, because the Giants have historically been pretty bad defending against the tight end. So Logan Thomas, I'm looking at for DFS as well if you don't have him on your team um and certainly putting a little maybe touchdown bet on him for the game which you can do over at sports illustrated sportsbook i'm sure they have some on FanDuel. all of this speaking of playing games we have games at extra points um the best the most fun the best games and you can play with us uh right so what's more fun than that you're going to compete directly with me eddie spaghetti with cousin sal with dave damashek with all the characters martin everybody harry bry all the guys darren you're going to play with all of us and you're probably going to beat us because uh we're probably going to be drunk brunching when we make our picks. No, I'm just kidding. I think I won last week, by the way. I don't know. Where's the leaderboard? Because I got 10 right. If you count them up on the graphic, I, I got 10. And I want my gold hat. Can I get a gold yeah, hat? Yeah, I mean. Toby, can I get a gold the, hat? I think I won. I'm glad you brought it up. The winners, the winners will get... They were, the winners will get a gold hat. Uh, me and you, Jen, we're wearing our extra points hat. Yeah. You get a gold version, a limited edition, and sign up is completely <laughs> free. So extrapoints.com slash arcade. Sign up is completely free. No really free. credit card info, nothing like that. You're playing Don't for free. Like Jen said, 
playing with us. You're playing with Shaq, Cousin Sal, the D3, all our characters here are playing with us and you're versing everyone else that signs up. And uh, we got a lot of fun games. We have the uh, extra points prop culture, little pun there, the Emmys <laughs> edition, because the Emmys are coming up. That's a fun one. Obviously, you have our week to week NFL pick them. And Jen had an awesome week with uh, 10, 10 correct picks. I only had eight. It was a weird week. One, just going to chalk it up to week. He'll get back on track. Yeah. And, and I'm sure I'll do it next week. Prop quiz. Yeah, it's how it, it goes. It's, it's, it's a, hey, 17 weeks, yeah. plenty of weeks, plenty of weeks now uh, exactly. for us to, to figure it out. And these teams, which we can get to, uh, you know, in terms of fantasy as well. Yeah, let's do that. Like lack of pre, the lack of preseason might totally wonky week one. Um, but yes, the extra points prop quiz uh, for week two, we're going to have one of those every single week. So it's a lot of fun. There's the leaderboards after it's over. I know Sheck won our uh, our prop quiz for week one. So we'll try to beat Sheck for week two. But please join that. And then I'm sure there'll be other contests and prizes added throughout the year. But this is a brand new thing. And Toby and Sal and everyone else working on it did a great job with it. So it's uh, it's really fun. And like I said, it is free. So there's no reason not to sign up. Yeah, there's no reason not to sign up. Come play with us. Play games, play games, and we'll shout you out if you win. Plus, you'll get the gold cap, which hopefully I'll be yes. getting soon, too. Yes, yes, yes. I don't we'll know. Shout you out. E- uh, AO, EP, we'll get through the shout out. So please All the way. sign up. You, you can be a guest on this show, even, because I think we should have guests. Yeah. Do you want to have guests, Eddie? Let's have guests. I, guests would be great. And, and be uh, those who, who listen or watch live, comment your stuff. We'll read it on the show. You know, yeah. tweet us, email, whatever we're, you need. We're in we'll, this together. This the whole the point of this. So interactive. Yeah. We're so interactive that we're in this together. Um, So quickly, I think that what we're going to do now is I want to ask you a little about your teams. If you need any help with anything. Um, And then we're going to look ahead at who we like for next week. And then let's get to interaction. Let's get to questions. So uh, well, t- what's yeah. going on with your teams? Like, did you win? Do you need any help? Or are you good? Well, we talked a little bit about Odell Beckham. I think I'm kind of managing that, but there's two players uh, that I'm kind of scared about because of what we saw in week one. I'll start with the yeah. first one, and that was uh, Calvin Ridley and the, the Falcons offense. And I, I guess right. a lot of people coming into the season were like, hey, there's a lot of good weapons on this Falcons, uh, you know, because Matt Ryan may throw for 5,000 yards in a 17-game season, and, you know, there's a lack of running game there. So Ridley will have a nice game. And then they drafted uh, Kyle Pitts, who everyone loves, and it's like he's a Hall of Famer instantly. Uh, so that was a, a scary thing to see about how, you know, the offense, which should be good, which we know the running game won't be there. Uh, the, their, their defense is not great. And that's why the Eagles won big. But Matt Ryan looked old and did not look yeah. like him, did not look like Matty Ice. And Calvin really was my keeper. And I respect, you know, no Julio Jones there. And no, now I know there's no Arthur Smith. I, I mean, like what the, the he's supposed to be the guy to come in, Arthur Smith, and, and, and figure out how to make this offense work. And it, to me, it's yeah. like, we know they're talented, but why should I be any like, should I be scared about Calvin Ridley's production? Is it going to de- decrease rapidly because of no Julio Jones or what's the, the story yeah. there, Jen? So I'm not totally scared yet. I understand your trepidation. And Arthur Smith came out today and said he had to find a way to get Kyle Pitts and Calvin Ridley involved earlier in the game. Well, yeah, duh. Um, of course, top defenses are going to try to take out Calvin Ridley. And we knew that, which is why we kind of liked Kyle Pitts because we thought, well, they can't take out both of them. And then maybe Russell Gage is a dart throw there too. We don't know. I think Calvin really is going to be fine, but he may not have like a top five finish like some people were expecting simply because of, well, really Matt Ryan, you know, and it's too bad because we expect there to be a lot of garbage time. 
Um, so, you know, that's why I still think Calvin Ridley will be fine, but I understand why you feel nervous. There's no way I'm sitting him though. I cannot sit Calvin Ridley. I right. think he's still sure. elite. Uh, but yeah, I totally understand your concern. And the same with Kyle Pitts because people drafted him pretty high, but they were out there playing like 90% of the snaps or something. Um, they, they, they will get theirs. They will. So I think it's just a matter of time for them all to click. Uh, but let's revisit this in three weeks because the answer could be completely different. I, I know and that goes back to what I was saying before about the lack of pre- like players that want to play yeah. in the preseason. And then there's like that weird effect of like, are they kind of rusty? So like what's going yeah. on? Like even Kenny Galladay came out uh, and said like, well, yeah, the Giants look pretty bad in offense because we didn't run any of our plays because our skill guys didn't play together. I'm like, well, is this mm-hmm. like you know, this like reminds me of like college when like they had, right. had the cupcakes scheduled week one to get kind of. Uh, their feet wet a little bit. So I, so I like, was expecting. What do you do? Because conversely, you got the Ravens out here losing every single running back because they played them in preseason and they're getting criticized. Why would you play JK Dobbins? Why would you play Gaz Edwards? And, you know, and here we are. So it's just, it's a tricky situation, but yeah, it definitely was rusty. And I think that the bucks were rusty because of it too, in their first game. Yes. So I, I think yes. that Cowboys got a lot closer because the bucks were actually a bit rusty because they didn't all practice together as well. So, um, okay. Anything else? Well, and I'm going to throw one last question at you. Yeah. And I think this is going to hit home for a, a, a lot of, uh, fantasy fans here. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Devonte Adams, obviously green Bay had a miserable week one. They got blown out in a neutral site game versus saints. Rodgers had like five points in my league. Aaron Jones only had a handful of points and uh, Devontae Adams, obviously, you know, we're, we're used to way bigger games from him that they couldn't muster up a touchdown. Is this a one week blunder where they were just not prepared? And is Rogers going to come back? You know, they're playing the Lions this, this week. Are they going to yeah. come back looking awesome or is Rogers just mentally checked out? And then obviously by him being checked out the play from Adams and Jones will suffer. What do you, what do you basically, so, what is your season long vision of Aaron Rodgers? Will he get right? Yes, he will get right. And he will get right this Monday versus Detroit. There is no easier matchup for him than Detroit. And now a Detroit without Jeffrey Okuda, it looks like, right? So um, the wide receiver, the secondary is not going to be there. Devonte Adams should ball out. Um, Aaron Jones should run all over that Detroit run defense. I think, you know, this was definitely the drama was too much in the off season and he was not there. And Aaron Rodgers has too much pride to just kind of let it be crappy the rest of the year. Uh, I just don't think he can do it. I think he's probably embarrassed enough and it was a terrible showing. And he kind of finished the season kind of on a low note too, even though he won the MVP, you know? So I think, I think he's going to come back with a vengeance. There's no easier matchup. If he doesn't, then yeah, I think it's time for us to stop and worry and wonder what the hell is going on with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers because they need him. He is the key. And I just think that the drama got to be too much and it needs to get put behind them and, and it's going to start Monday. They're going to fix it Monday. That's what I think. Well, I feel I feel a lot better about that, especially uh, as an Aaron Jones manager. Uh, I, do, <laughs> I totally agree. The way too yeah. watching that uh, that Lions defense, it's like, like yeah, they were I, mean, I mean, the game was fun, but it's like, the, I mean, the, it's not like the, the 49ers offense is the most dynamic. That I we were just talking about, they're playing practice squad running backs and they're just giving up point after point after point. So, I mean, there's no reason why the Packers can't go in there and score points if they if the Packers don't score points at home in Lambeau, then I'm officially scared about. The, I think the Rodgers, you know, is just he should just retire and just move on because that, that'll be a mess. But his weird offseason kind of cost a bunch of fantasy uh managers. A lot of points, a lot, a lot of points on the board. So I, I was sure a did. little bit frustrated. But, I do agree. but don't tweet don't him. Don't tweet him and tell him because he's <laughs> not interested. No, I'll stay away. 
That's that's what everybody likes to do now. They like to like, you screwed my fantasy team. I think you can tweet Austin Eckler though, because he's like fully invested. He's got his own team. He's got his own show. He's like, we can talk about fantasy. Um, Just looking ahead briefly to the week, uh, I will put a DFS video out for you guys. Uh, Just a quick one, like I was doing for MLB, just to kind of help you with some values maybe over uh, on your DFS sites. But um, Generally speaking, uh, Seattle has such a good matchup this week. Uh, you're going to roll all those wide receivers, and Russ is 100% going to cook. Um, so you definitely want to roll out your Seattle club, all of them. Tyler Luckett was phenomenal for me on Sunday. Thank you very much. Um, I think we're going to want to see – I'm just glancing at this really quick. Oh, Cowboys and Chargers. I love Mike Williams. I love Lamb. I love – Cooper. Uh, I love Keenan Allen. I think that's going to be a high scoring game. Um, both secondaries can, can be beaten by the elite receivers. So I think that's, you're going to start those. If you want like a dart throw, you could always give something crazy like Jalen Guyton or Cedric Wilson. And that's like, if you want like that crazy contrarian play and your, your DFS lineup, Cedric Wilson should be stepping in for an injured Michael Gallup. We didn't talk about Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup's out um, for probably till after the bye week would be my assumption. And apparently Kellen Moore says said Wilson will have no problem being uh, the utility guy. So you could look at him for maybe a dollar of fab or, or something if you want a deep league stash. Um, and then generally, you know, I like the Broncos versus the Jaguars as well. Well, I think we may see more Melvin Gordon. It's just a great value so far for me. I love Melvin Gordon. Um, and those are just some general thoughts, but I think we should get to some specific questions, Eddie. Let's do, do it. Do we have any questions coming in? Somebody wanted to know the, uh, the chili cheese recipe that uh, the, oh. the dip from, uh, from there. Joel Solomon's asking us right now. Okay. Time to cut ties with uh, Saquon Barkley. Not my fantasy team, but the Giants. Very funny, Joel. I, I, uh, yeah, I appreciate that. Well, I will. I could, you know, jump in and actually answer that from a fantasy standpoint. I don't like with well, number one, Jason Garrett calling plays. I would, if I'm a fantasy uh, manager here, and you have Galladay, Shep, Slayton, potentially Evan Ingram, Saquon. I don't like the packages that Jason Garrett's calling, where he's he was calling run plays on third down scenarios, not throwing the ball on first down scenarios. I mean, they had eight minutes left in the game. And they're running the ball. But they're not running the ball with Saquon. They're running the ball with Devontae Booker. And I get he's coming back slow because of the injury. So they're, And they're saying he's playing, but he's not really playing. I think running backs, uh, you know, if I pulled all the NFL running backs, they probably would say they want to get into a groove. They want to be fed the ball a few times in a row to get the, you know their feet where they want to get into the groove of the game. They never gave Saquon that chance. And I think that does that hurt him. And the other thing that Saquon's great at is catching the football. I mean, his rookie year, he right. caught so many balls. And they're not even calling these like swing patterns right. for him or coming like options out of the backfield. It's such a dull offense. So, uh, you know, I know Joel's trying to get under my skin there and great job he did, but it's, it's the, the real answer is like, yeah, if I was managing any of those players, I would feel really shaky with, uh, with Jason Garrett calling the plays and Saquon specifically, it's like, get him involved more. Like if his knees fully healthy, if he's playing in the game, like get him more reps, especially in passing downs. Yeah, I don't think his knee is fully healthy. I think that's part of what they're not telling us. And I would say certainly for this week, for the game, I'm not starting Saquon Barkley because he's only had ah. four days of rest. He's had four days yeah. of rest. Yeah. Like, are you really, are they, they get, only gave him like 13 touches, what they're going to like load him up when he's, we he hasn't had the time to recover. I just don't see it versus Washington. They're going to lose him for the yeah. season potentially. It just doesn't make sense. It's better for them to rest uh, Saquon and take care of him in my 
opinion. That is my opinion. So I would not start Saquon, which is a crazy thing to say, um, but I would probably not start Saquon Barkley, Barkley this Thursday. If you have a better option, look, if you have nobody else, of course, you're starting Saquon. But um, if you have other options, if, if you have a DeAndre Swift, even if you have a Javante Williams, I think I would go that way. So, all right. Any more questions coming in? Here's a great question from uh, Craig at Craig W. Jordan asking, uh, was Tyson Williams a one-game wonder? Uh, now with uh, you know Latavius Murray in the mix, uh, is that is that going to change his value going forward? He's a two-part question, so that's part one. Is Tyson Williams mm-hmm. one-game wonder with Murray in the mix? That scare you at all? Um, no, not really, because we always knew that the Ravens backfield was going to be a committee, right? Even when we drafted JK Dobbins, we knew it was with the idea that there would still be touches shared by Gus Edwards. So I think that Tyson Williams has every bit as much of an opportunity to have as much of, you know, his share of the backfield as any Ravens running back. And the Ravens run the ball more than any other team, just flat out they do. So there will be some value for Tyson Williams. I thought he looked really good. I do not think that Latavius Murray eats into what we expected from Tyson Williams. But of course, you should manage expectations. I mean, it was never going to be a three down bell cow situation in Baltimore because that's just not how they play. And the second part of his question, this is a great one that uh, I actually had to deal with in the offseason, which is why I did not keep DeAndre Swift because I didn't love what the Lions are doing. Uh, But Craig is asking, uh, DeAndre Swift had a great game. Are they going to start leaning towards him more or is it still going to be Jamal Williams' backfield? Oh, it's DeAndre Swift's backfield. I don't think there's any question about that. DeAndre Swift had more opportunity and played more snaps. Uh, Jamal Williams was was coming out later when they were in more garbage time. And I think he's going to still have, uh, you know, a, a big share of the work as well. But I think DeAndre Swift is still the number one. And I think that it's a good thing for Jared Goff to have both those guys as weapons the way that Jared Goff plays. So, um, you know, Swift is still the guy and Jamal Williams is a great person to have. I actually, on the team that I have, Dandre Swift, I have Williams as well. And um, I'm going to probably, you know, I kind of basically got the entire Detroit backfield so I could kind of solve this problem for myself as we go. All right. Well, there you go, Craig. Uh, we'll stay in the running back train here. And I got a question from Corey McPhee asking, uh, well, he drafted Gus Edwards. I'm sorry, Corey. I think a lot of people did and yeah. a lot of people. So he wants to see who could fill his spot. Is it DeAndre Williams, uh, DeAndre Swift, we're talking about. Is it Tyson yeah. Williams? Is it Ingram? Or is it even uh, Davis in Atlanta? Those are his options. He said he's lucky that he drafted uh, Christian McCaffrey's only running back. So, uh, yeah, you're lucky that you have uh, CMC there. So, who? it's between Swift, Tyson Williams, Ingram, or Davis. So, this week, it's actually tough. Uh, both Tyson Williams and DeAndre Swift have really good matchups this week. Um, I'm going to lean towards Swift, though. Uh, that Green Bay run defense has been pathetic for a while. And look, we saw what New Orleans was able to do to them, too, last week. So, I- I'm going to go Swift here. I think he's going to get the opportunity. He's young. He's hungry. He's healthy. Uh, the groin wasn't a big issue. Uh, so, I'm going to go Swift here. Uh, but I also really do like Tyson Williams. I think that uh, the Ravens can also run a bit on Kansas City. All right. You got time for a few more here, Jen? I know yeah, we're let's uh, do a few late. more. All right. Here we go. Um, we'll, we got a question from L. Tiburon asking another two-parter for a first part. Have you changed your mind on Jamar Chase yet? 
Um, well, I was never super high on Jamar Chase, um, but I was never super low on him either. I just kind of avoided him because I didn't know what to expect. And I don't really have high expectations for Joe Burrow like a lot of others. I think he's just kind of meh. I wanted to see more after his injury, so I didn't draft him. But Jamar Chase looked good. You know, the stripes on the ball didn't seem to freak him out on Sunday. He was able to see them. He was able to catch the ball and he looked really good. So, uh, yeah, if you have Chase, you should be feeling really good right now. And he brought up his name before. His second part is, is Christian Kirk a uh, good flex play? Yeah, I like Christian Kirk, especially this week. Uh, the matchup for Kirk is the Vikings, who have a very weak secondary. Um, so I think Christian Kirk could definitely ball out. And, you know, I know everyone loves Rondale Moore, and I do too. And I know A.J. Green played more snaps. But A.J. Green just still doesn't look good. He didn't look good last year. He still didn't look good this year. Um, Rondale Moore did look good, um, but he doesn't have the chemistry with Kyler that Kirk does. And we saw Kirk have a couple Two touchdown games last year. I think that's going to happen again this year. He was really undervalued in drafts. And if you're able to scoop him up, scoop him up. And we could wrap up this segment. Actually, I'll tip Ron asks the last one. So he'll get the last question here. Back to running backs. And this is a good one for, I'm sure a lot of people were very frustrated Thursday night, especially with Bruce Arians. We know how he coaches his players. If you fumble, is Rojo worth holding on to in PPR? Yeah, probably because Bruce Arians is frustrating and, uh, you know, we just put him on your bench. I wouldn't start him yet. I would just watch it, but there are times when it's going to be the Rojo show. Um, so I wouldn't drop him yet just because there's so few running backs out there, uh, especially running backs on a running team, winning team. So I think you just got to hang with Rojo for a little bit longer. Oh, there you go. Oh, we got, uh, I got one coming in here now. So another one. Bloom babies here asking. Uh, Tim Patrick, big target. Is he better for Bridgewater? I know we're talking about Tim Patrick before, too. And yeah, I mean, everyone's getting involved versus the Giants. So I, I feel like, yeah, he's definitely gonna have a, a big, uh, a big yeah. upgrade now with Judy out, right? Totally love Tim Patrick. Um, I think he's a great, as I mentioned before, you know, he did not drop any of his 79 targets last year. He was a perfect four for four on Sunday. We saw him get into the end zone. I think he's a fantastic target. He's on everyone's waiver wire. And you know, how loaded is Bronco are the Broncos that their fourth wide receiver is Tim Patrick. Like that's yeah. amazing. People would like him as their number one. <laughs> there are teams that could really use Tim Patrick. So uh, yeah, I, I love Tim Patrick. All right. Well, there you go. I think uh, answered a bunch of questions for this week. And obviously, like we said, uh, at Extra Points Pod, uh, at uh, Edward L. Murphy, uh, at Jen Piacente, just tweet us and we'll, we'll answer yep. any of your questions. Uh, our emails are around too, whatever. If you have to Instagram us, so we'll, we'll, I'll check through that. We have a Facebook page as well. There's other plenty of mediums to find us. Um, and so we'll, we'll try to answer as many of those uh, week to week or, or Jen will uh, much better than, than I, I could. So <laughs> we will, we will together. We're going to get through this together. So this is a group show. We just want to reinforce that we want to do this all together. Uh, we'll start out each episode with some news injuries, notes, some of our, uh, you know, situations with our teams, and then we're going to get to your stuff and we're going to make this a, a really fun season. So you guys tune in next Wednesday. We'll be doing a live show next Wednesday afternoon. Of course, you can always download the podcast as well from wherever you get your podcast. Don't forget to go to Extra Points Networks slash arcade and play games with us because we yep. want to play games with you. We want to get to know you and you want one of these really cool extra points hats, but in gold. And so in the meantime, you guys go out and enjoy the football.